The Joe Pomp Show is brought to you by U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Happy Thursday. I hope everyone's having a great week so far. We got one thing and one thing only to talk about today. It's Netflix getting into live sports entertainment. A $5 billion deal with WWE was announced this week. We're going to break it all down on today's podcast episode. We'll get into the business behind the deal for both WWE and Netflix, but also why the rest of sports media's legacy players should be really concerned about a move like this. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode, but before we get into it, here's a quick word from today's sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You've probably noticed over the last few years that many more of your family and friends are starting to take therapy more seriously. And it's not just you. I've personally noticed this across my family and friends too. And I think the major reason for this is that they've now noticed that therapy isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is proven to help with other things like communication skills, improving mood, increasing self-awareness, and making your relationships stronger. So if you're thinking about starting therapy today, there's no better place than BetterHelp. BetterHelp is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is you go on their website, you fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. They've helped out millions of people with therapy help, and they have 35,000 licensed therapists ready to help you. So visit betterhelp.com slash pomp to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pomp. All right, so let's start with the obvious. What exactly happened? For those of you who haven't read the details of the deal, essentially what happened is that Netflix has announced the deal with TKO Group. Now, TKO Group is just the holding company for the UFC and WWE when they merged their assets together last year. So Netflix signed a deal with TKO Group that will bring WWE's flagship program, Raw, to the streaming service next year, essentially marking Netflix's first real foray into live sports entertainment. I called it live sports on Twitter and people got upset. We'll call it live sports entertainment. We obviously know that wrestling is scripted and some people don't consider it a real sport. All right, got it, great, cool. Live sports entertainment, the first real foray for Netflix in its history. Now, this deal is worth $5 billion over 10 years, according to a TKO Group SEC filing. Netflix will also be the home for all WWE shows and specials outside of the US, including SmackDown, NXT, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Royal Rumble. WWE will still be in charge of the event production, so that won't be Netflix handling the actual production of the event, but WWE will handle all of that and provide Netflix with about 150 hours of content annually for his service. This announcement came just one hour after WWE announced the appointment of Dwayne The Rock Johnson to the company's board. They're paying him $30 million as part of the deal and also giving him full ownership of The Rock trademark. That's obviously a huge asset to him and his business as well. And TKO Group shares went soaring. Investors loved it. The holding company opened up more than 20% on Tuesday, adding more than a billion dollars to its market cap in just a matter of minutes. Now, the reason why this was such a big deal is because no one saw it coming. Obviously, WWE had been out on the market talking to different media groups about buying the rights to Raw. There had been a number of bidders and there was speculation about who may get it. But no one saw Netflix coming out and the news shocked a bunch of people. Now, it's pretty obvious that Netflix has built its name in sports through original documentaries. We're talking about F1 Drive to Survive, 
The Untold Series, The Last Dance, Beckham, Full Swing, Breakpoint, and more. But the world's biggest streaming service has continuously said over the years that they weren't going to get into live sports rights because they were a little bit too expensive for its tastes and they didn't think that they would be profitable in the long run. However, we've now reached a point where it makes sense for both parties. And I'll explain. Netflix has 80 million subscribers in the United States and Canada. That gives WWE more domestic distribution than it had on cable television. USA Today, for example, and when you include the distribution they had in Canada, they were only in about 78 million households. So not only will they be in 2 million more households on Netflix in the US and Canada than they were on cable television, but that's not even counting Netflix's 180 million international subscribers. So the distribution for WWE is off the charts. That's not something that any other streaming service in the world today can offer outside of Netflix. Now, the $500 million annual deal also represents a 30% increase in payment for WWE, depending on how you want to calculate international rights, but it's somewhere around a 30% increase in annual payment. And Netflix gave itself the option. This is important right here. Netflix gave itself the option through the written agreement to either cancel the deal after five years, if it's not going well, or extend it for another 10 years after completion. That's important because they give themselves not only an out, but a cheaper way to extend the deal if it's going well. The reaction is overwhelmingly positive, said WWE president and former super agent Nick Khan on the Pat McAfee show. He continued, if you look at the streaming wars, Netflix has sat at the top of that perch. They continue to sit at the top of that perch. It's an entity that everyone knows, certainly in our sphere, has and subscribes to. We think it's a great way to grow the WWE audience while also growing the Netflix subscriber base. Speaking of Netflix, the strategy for them is pretty simple too. WWE provides Netflix with 52 weeks of content through this deal, including 17.5 million unique viewers each year. WWE is a natural transition into live sports entertainment because wrestling is scripted, just like Netflix's most popular movies and shows. Netflix can also expand on the partnership by leveraging WWE's valuable intellectual property to produce unscripted or scripted content that acts ancillary to the WWE content that they're getting through Raw. And maybe the most important thing out of all of this is that Netflix is going to significantly widen the content offering that they have for their subscriber base through this deal. That does one very important thing. It most importantly helps reduce churn. Netflix already has industry-leading churn, and this will only make it better. For context, in 2023, Netflix had $6.9 billion in free cash flow. They are the only major streaming company that's profitable, and their 2% churn rate is significantly lower than Disney Plus's 5%, Hulu's 6%, Max's 6%, Paramount Plus is 6%, and Apple TV Plus is 8%. You saw what Drive to Survive did for Formula One, WWE President Nick Khan also said on Bloomberg TV. We think the WWE audience, already big on a global level, only gets bigger with a show like that. So obviously they have some ancillary content offerings that they're planning on doing on Netflix too. Now that's not to say there aren't some concerns. There certainly are. Like I said before, WWE will continue to handle all production of the events, but Netflix, on the other hand, has only live-streamed a few events, and they commonly mess it up, including spotty coverage of the Netflix Cup and an hour-long outage for the Love is Blind reunion. Add in the fact that Netflix recently implemented an ad-supported tier, and the coverage is going to be a little bit wonky between the action for premium Netflix members. One of the most important details of this entire agreement is that there's going to be 
a difference between what ad-supported members see on Netflix versus what the premium members see. Obviously, most of the members are premium and they don't get ads on Netflix today. But instead of commercial breaks, they're going to have to script content around that so the people who do get commercials see commercials and the people who don't, don't just look at a blank screen. Some of that is still to be determined and we'll see how it all plays out. But most importantly to me, this deal also has real ramifications for the rest of sports media. Take ESPN, for instance. The rise of alternative content platforms has made it increasingly apparent that ESPN's future revolves around live sports rights. The network's studio shows are essentially interchangeable, maybe outside of first take and one or two others. And there is a reason why they're spending billions of dollars every year on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Baseball, the college football playoff, and a bunch of other sports assets. But the addition of Netflix as a bidder to the live sports rights ecosystem makes that business model more challenging. Amazon, Apple, Google, Netflix, these companies have cash-flowing products that aren't relied on, or in the case of Netflix, actually benefit from decaying cable bundles. They will continue to bid higher and higher for these sports rights, using the cash on their balance sheets as a wedge to transfer people from money-losing products to their higher-margin core competencies, like Amazon Prime and Apple services. This was always going to happen. I, along with many others, have been talking about it for years. But the transition is accelerating faster than many people thought, and traditional media companies, like ESPN, are having trouble transitioning users from the cable bundle to their owned and operated streaming services, like ESPN+. Peacock's exclusive playoff game was an indicator of what's to come. The NBA will probably sell a portion of its next media rights deal to Amazon or Apple. Other sports leagues, like Major League Soccer, have committed themselves to doing a streaming-exclusive future. And the UFC, whose exclusive $300 million deal with ESPN ends in 2025, will most definitely receive multiple offers when it goes out to market later this year. This is exactly why Disney has been trying to either A, sell ESPN to the highest bidder, or B, get a strategic partner like the NFL or NBA to make an equity investment. They see the writing on the wall. They know things can get ugly. And if they aren't already scared of these tech conglomerates, they should be. These companies have significantly more financial firepower, and they will only get more aggressive. That's it for today, though, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned a little bit about what Netflix is trying to accomplish in live sports and what that could mean for the rest of the industry and the sports leagues that we know and love today. If you enjoyed this, all I ask is that you leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify or wherever listening to this episode. Tell me what you're enjoying so far and what I could be doing better. Otherwise, I hope everyone has a great day and we'll talk later this week.